Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, Wolverine Nation. This is Under the Wayne's Helmet. I'm Kyle Simmons. And my co host, former Michigan and NFL offensive lineman Thomas Gwines, and the host of the ASAP Elite podcast, Rob Penn. Welcome back, guys. How's your summer been going? Yeah, just uh, looking to get started back with some great college football. Happy to be back with you guys. And, uh, you know, hopefully we got a lot of great things to be talking about this upcoming season. And uh, it's been an interesting offseason just looking at how the Big Ten has been unfolding. Just college football as a whole, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the new landscape is going to look like. And maybe not this year, but definitely in 24 as far as the Big Ten for one, obviously. And then just some other conferences. It'll be real interesting to uh, see what happens with some of the the smaller schools and how they're going to fare with all of these shakeups within different divisions and different leagues. So before we get deeper into that, we might as well talk about the big news first. Um, Jim Harbaugh has been suspended for the first four games of the season. As we all know, you can't miss the news. So, Thomas, uh, what's your take on all this whole situation? I mean, you know, overall, I think it's, it's pretty petty um, by the NCAA. And, you know, unless you have some larger allegations other than a quote-unquote unsanctioned or authorized buying of food um, for an inco- incoming recruit, again, I, I think it's pretty petty and that some of these rules definitely need to be looked at and revised. And just, you know, again, let's look at the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law, if you will. So, but with that being said, where is the glass half full with this, right? Again, what what's to say coach doesn't come up with some sort of illness or some sort of situation with his family or maybe, you, you know, NFL talks pick up again and he decides he gets an offer that he can't refuse. So now what happens and, and who's going to be the captain of the ship? Who's going to be at the helm of, of the Wolverine nation. So I think this is a great opportunity for us to yet again, get some real world game time experience, not only for the players, but again, for coaching staff as well. You know, you look at your different coordinators is Mike Hart going to be the guy to get to that gets the nod. In my opinion, I would like to see Mike Hart get that nod, not just because it's Mike Hart, but I think um, organizationally speaking as, and as far as logistically, I don't necessarily want one of my coordinators to have to be the head coach. I want my coordinator to coordinate, call down the proper plays, both offensively and defensively, and then let the head coach um, disseminate that information amongst his subordinates in order to hopefully keep that game plan running smoothly. So, again, obviously I don't agree with it, but how can we turn this, you know, this these lemons into some lemonade? Where is the positive? Where is the light at the end of the tunnel? reference us having to go through this four game stretch so it will it will be very interesting to see not only how the boys respond but how the coaching staff responds as well because again now they're trying to coordinate themselves and move without their quote-unquote leader anymore that's typically going to be at the helm of the ship so now as a coaching staff they have to step up as we used to say it's just it's sudden change right now and uh we're running on the field taking it over on the fly but again Coach Harbaugh has done a really good job as far as comprising a super solid 
team of uh, assistant coaches and position coaches. So um, I don't think this is going to be a huge um, uh, cross for us to bear. But yet again, it's definitely going to be some great experience for some of these young coaches to kind of step up and find themselves in a new position. So, Rob, do you think Jim Harbaugh's absences first four games is really going to make an impact at all? Yeah. If anything, it'll help us down the line when we get into the real, uh, you know, the, the real beef of the Big Ten. First of all, it kind of puts our assistant coaches in a pressure cooker situation where they don't have anywhere to, you know, to, to dish off the, the excuses or, you know, anybody to fall on the sword except them. And it also puts them in a more better situation if they have to think outside of the box. So when they get back into their uh, prospective positions, they're more uh, polished, or should I say, or seeing it from a different perspective. Now, if it was any four games to miss, you know what I'm saying, Eastern Carolina, Bowling Green, UNLV, and Rutgers, there you go. You know what I'm saying? I, I have no problem with that. It's just all, all tune-up games to get ready for when Big Daddy come back. I mean, not Big Daddy, excuse my language. <laughs> Pause. So before Harbaugh comes back, you know, everything would be operating on all cylinders anyway. Like I say, I think the very – who is the uh, – Rutgers is the first one, and then we have Nebraska. Nebraska's going to have this new-look team with Matt Rule, even though he – no, Matt Rule didn't just get suspended. For, cut that out. Yeah, Matt Rule is coming to take over in Nebraska. That's going to be a new team. They're trying to get back to that 1970, 80, 90 black shirt, corn husker football. You know what I'm saying? So they'll have a lot to prove. And a lot of people are coming back next year. They were in a lot of close games. If I'm not mistaken, I think they were in a close game with us last year, you know, for a while until everybody was in the first close game in the first yeah, half. That was the story of the season. So You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, these, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's bull when I know players personally out here receiving cars, you know what I'm saying, from dealerships and things of that nature, brand-new cars, uh, once you get into college football with all this NIL and all these new rules and regulations, nobody really knows the rules because even though it's uh three years in, it's still laws and, you know, different bylaws that's being produced and, you know, uh, lines are being crossed and, you know, about laws, laws are being made because of the fact that something happened, you know? So I think there would be end up in a good situation. Uh, it's just a blimp on the radar. Uh, let's like say Harbo ain't going nowhere. I heard, I heard what TG said about, you know, going to the NFL and, you know, different things. Harbaugh's going to, uh, he's going to just pretty much rely out, re, uh, relive Shim Beckler pretty much. That's all we're doing is seeing what we saw in the uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s pretty much. So another news in the Big Ten, Oregon and Washington just joined the Big Ten along with USC and UCLA, as we all know. So I do want to ask Thomas, um, do you think these West Coast teams are going to kind of come in and bring their own style to the Big Ten and kind of force the Big Ten teams to kind of adjust? Or do you think they're going to come in here and have to adjust to Big Ten play? I think they're going to come in and just try to be them. You know, everybody has their own DNA. Everybody has their own makeup. So I think that's one of the appealing aspects of this sudden influx of teams into the Big Ten is going to be the clash of styles. Obviously, you have the Midwest teams, linemen, you know, uh, bruising defensive linemen, a lot of heavy hitting, um, great running backs. We have capable wide receivers and quarterbacks. And, you know, this is not no longer three yards in a cloud of dust. We do have the ability to air it out. But obviously, out on the West Coast, maybe a little bit more air raid, if you will, um, a little bit more finesse sort of football, bringing a little bit more highlight to the athleticism of the teams in which they have out there. But 
the thing I think a lot of people don't take into consideration, it'll be interesting to see, is going to be the, the timing of it all, right? If you're on the West Coast and you have to now come to the Midwest and let's say you have a noon, one o'clock, three o'clock kick, what is that doing to you biologically? What is it doing to these young men as far as their sleep cycles go? What's taking place or not taking place in the classroom now because of all of this massive travel um, distance wise that didn't used to be the case. You, maybe you had, you know, maybe a two, three hour flight at best playing in your respective regions of the country. Now you're flying all the way across the country. So if I'm a SC or UCLA team and I got to go play Maryland or I got to play some out on the quote unquote East Coast, Penn State, something to that effect. What's really taking place with that, and especially if you're making those flights back to back, if you got Rutgers, Maryland, and a Penn State in any sort of consecutive sort of nature, again, what's taking place with these young men out on the West Coast? Um, adversely, what's going to happen now um, from a weather standpoint? Once we get into the late October's, early November's, and that Midwest winter starts to you know want to pick up. How would the West Coast teams fare from that particular aspect of things? So I think there are still a lot of not necessarily um, concerns, but just unanswered questions as far as logistics go. Logistical. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Logistics and as far as environment. Now, the one thing that really irks me about all of this is, is what the beautiful thing about college football is, is about the rivalry. And where do these rivalries take place from? They take place from regionally, right? We're SEC school. You know, we're the best in the nation. We're Big Ten. You know, we're doing this, that, and the third. Um, Southwest Conference, Pac-10. All of these things, that's what made up the pageantry and the fun of college football, especially as a fan, as a guy that's been there, done that as a player. It was always fun to say, yeah, we are the kings of the Big Ten. Now let's go out here and see how we fare against another um, conference in a major bowl game to really solidify our level of play. This is what we bring to the table as a Big Ten school. Now all of a sudden you are starting to murder the lines, if you will, and there's no real distinctiveness uh, regionally throughout the country anymore when it comes to college athletics. Again, you look at college athletics and some schools, Michigan being one of them, we have been fortunate. We, we're good in football. We're good in basketball. Uh, hockey team is always in the mix. Our wrestling team's always in the mix. Baseball's been doing well. Softball's been doing well. We have a plethora of, of athletic teams that do well nationally on top of our academic reputation. Now you start to take some of those schools and put them in different conferences. And I'm not just saying just the Big Ten. I'm just saying what I'm starting to see seemingly throughout college football, and you're taking away some of that identity from what these teams have. Um, a lot of schools can't replicate what we do, but a lot of schools are known for you know their specific sports in those specific divisions and or regions. And I think by, by clouding or mirroring those lines, if you will, you're taking away some of the notoriety of those particular institutions. And again, for, for us, the fan, if I'm an SC guy, do I really want to come all the way to Michigan? Hmm. Maybe once or twice, just for the sake of saying as an SC fan, I've came to the big house and I watched the game in the big house, but who really wants to do that? Right. Cause now 
you are really starting, I think, to play with the fan base as far as their ability to get to some of these different games. Oh. It may be, you know, we're going to go because it's kind of like a once in a lifetime sort of sort of thing here, if you will. But again, when you have things that are centrally located, if you will, it's easy as a Midwest fan to go to Iowa, to go to Northwestern Indiana, you know, out to Lansing, down down to Columbus. That's mm-hmm. that's you know, you're maybe looking at maybe six, maybe eight hour road trip. But now you're talking about I want to go see Michigan play in Cali. Yeah. And, you know, depending on if you got a family, things of that nature. So now you got to start making some business uh game time decisions as far as what are we looking at financially as far as yeah. um the other year and at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a lot of questions that need to be addressed. Um I still think the jury's out. I'm personally not a fan just from the onset of some of the things in which I've already, you know, touched on. But again, it'll be really interesting to see how these things play out. Now, maybe they should have broke up these mega conferences in regions in four, you know, west, uh, north, south, east, and west. But let's look at it. I want to bring up a few things. First of all, next year when this happens, we get a brand new look, right? We don't know who's going to be who. Don't forget uh, one thing about Washington and everything that we have going on in the Big Ten right now, Michael Penix in Washington, Caleb Williams in UCF, USC, uh, a new quarterback in UCLA, and Bo Nix in Oregon. They'll all be going to the league along with McCartney and, uh, you know, a plethora of players from the Big Ten. So we get a brand new, you know, uh, a brand new system of players coming in. You know, that's going to be exciting. Second of all, will Oregon, Washington – uh, UCLA be able to come into Iowa and get or or come into Michigan or Wisconsin and go recruit a Thomas Gwines. You get what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You know, Michigan football is tenderizing ribs. And you know what? The, you see, uh, you know, this Pac-12, you know, ball out here, they're made on speed, you know what I'm saying, and, and airing it out. You know, you don't get the biggest players and the most strongest, you know, country-born and, you know, country-fed, corn-fed uh uh, corn fred bread uh, players that you do down south and in the Midwest. That's a big thing. They're going to have to adjust. But I think the one thing, too, though, that the West Coast teams are going to obviously do really well when you when you speak about the size aspect, they're going to go get those Pacific Islanders. They're going to have to pay them. Yeah, that's it. Hey, at the same time, they're going to have to go get the Pacific Islanders, but I'm sorry, it ain't nothing like going to get Taylor Lewan. You know what I'm saying? Or going to get Tyler, uh, Thomas Gwines. It's a whole new uh, – They'll be changing their spots. They'll literally be changing from a zebra to a leopard. You know what I'm saying? And they have to do this logistically. Like you said, it's going to have to be a uh, – like when they first came out with the two divisions, I think it was the Champions Division and Legends Division. It's going to have to be an East and West. They're going to have to figure this out logistically, like I say, for these teams to create new rivalries on the West Coast, and you know, with us to keep our tradition. That's a big deal. But the other piece behind it too, though – is what I would be really interested to delve into as as far as the policymakers is. I got one question. Mm-hmm. Why? Other uh, than money, other than money, how does any of these moves mm-hmm. behoove college football as a whole, the the reputation of conferences and the student athlete that has to go out and perform in these games? How does any of this behoove anyone other than money reference? TV deals and for the university as a whole because but but we can't have a coach go buy a burger. You get what I'm saying? Right. What's really good? Right. That's what I'm trying to see. 
You know what I'm saying? What are the bylaws and how who's creating these laws and what's the purpose? We've been hearing mega conferences for years. Right. We have. Not all of a sudden it just happened overnight. You know what I'm saying? So with me being out here on the uh, you know, on the Pacific, on the Pac-12 side of things, I see a different side of ball. It's nothing like Big Ten ball. You know, not and I, I love to see it. Yeah, not at all. I love to see how they combine and uh how, how they mess. Uh I don't know. I don't know. Well, the one thing I will say is that as long as Michigan and speaking specifically for the Wolverines, we stay on our current recruiting path and our 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 current um uh identity, I think we're gonna be good. I was here at the game when Oregon came in and you know put the boots to us, right? That was right after Appalachian State. Right. You know, we that team wouldn't you know. You know, it is what it was, but to my point in saying all of that, I played against UCLA and where we beat the brakes off of them. So I've been on both sides of the coin, so to speak. Um, I definitely feel like Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever they're going to go by, can come into the Midwest and compete. I definitely feel like that's a thing based off of the caliber of athletes that they bring into the bring into the table. Here um, we go. But as you as we were talking about, week in and week out, coming mm-hmm. into this different level of physical play, mm-hmm. how are those guys going to be able to stand up to that along with the massive amount of travel that they're doing? Hey, um, at the same time, just to, uh, you know, adversely, I personally can't remember a time that we went to the Rose Bowl and beat USC. Well, you know, we came close. I was actually coaching. Um, as a graduate assistant, when we played SC in the Rose Bowl, um, yeah, we came close a lot of times. Yeah, but uh, Maybe. can't remember that. Yeah, it, it happened. Is, but- it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think too. The other piece behind it now is, I almost think like it's it's a break for us when we have to travel out west, playing in you know a little bit not because it's not going to be a hundred degrees, right? Um, it's going to be a little bit more mild. Um, you, you're, you're playing in a more weather conducive environment, if you will. Whereas when those guys come here, everybody's going to be bundled up and believe it or not. And you're out there in AZ, you know what your body's doing based off of the environment that you're in. You're in a hotter environment. Your blood thins out. You don't get as hot as much and everything moves. You take that same individual and bring them to a milder, mildly cold environment and they're freezing, right? So now how are these individuals, how are these athletes going to be able to adapt and adjust in, in Midwest weather? We're, we're, we're built, sorry to cut you off, but we're built for November and December. You oh, know what I'm saying? These teams out here are air raid ready. You got to understand that. So when we travel out here, if we don't have a team built for that, that can be an issue. I mean, even those October games, like Listen, if if you're if we're not built to swing the rock around, we're gonna have trouble coming out here to Oregon. Mm. Oh, there's no doubt. It's a track meet. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we're gonna have to keep score right. points. Right. You know what I'm it's, it's definitely a track meet. And definitely I feel like it's gonna put a lot of spotlight on our secondary mm-hmm. and our ability to cover receivers mm-hmm. and our front seven and the ability just to get home to not make those members of the secondary be out on that island all day. Now, this team this year is built to do that. We don't know what we're getting next year. It's going to be fun. You know, like I said, I'm not a fan, but um, I'm I'm interested to see how all things transpire 
once we start to delve down this rabbit hole. Yet again, this it's a new day and age. You know, we got kids getting paid millions. Millions. Uh, right. You know, you got some of these kids almost making uh, NFL mm-hmm. pay as yep. a college athlete, right? Um, you're, you're having these mixing of divisions and and leagues all of a sudden. So it's going to be an interesting time in college football. Now, are all of these changes going to change the overall product? And that's what I'm I'm also interested to see. It's going to be a brand new product. That well, there you have it. Mm-hmm. And yep. will the fan base be ready for something new? We've been fed a steady diet of what we call mm-hmm. traditional college football for yep. decades now. Now all of a sudden, I've been having double cheeseburgers. Now you want to feed me a, a souffle? Yes, sir. Is my palate <laughs> ready for that? Hey, right. I want to jump into this real quick, and I'm sorry, I, I can lead us into this because uh, you know all I'm right. a big prediction guy. Look, we starting off this year number two mm-hmm. across the board. Yep. I'm looking at this schedule. We play one game this season, and that's the last game of the season. Well, you know? my issue with that is this, and I don't know what Eastern Carolina brings to the table. Um, I haven't scouted them as of yet or anything like that. But ECU typically has a lot of good athletes on that team. Yeah, they do. They do. And with the hangover of the TCU game, I'm hoping that the coaches and our upperclassmen have put into themselves that we're not looking past anyone, right? Just because it's Eastern Carolina, again, dare I say App State sort of situation, right? So there are there are a lot of um, no-win situations for us. All these teams that we have up, everyone's talking about we have a week uh, preseason schedule. And as we start to get into the 10, um, the 10 still really isn't that well-respected overall throughout college football so everyone has this expectation to your point that the the game is going to be the game that's going to be played here in Ann Arbor this year so us winning all of the games that we're supposed to win yeah you're supposed to do that Mm -hmm. but at any point in time we have any slip up what does that want to do to the rankings and everything else that goes along into what's trying to be uh that's trying to be done by this this year's team it very well could be Highly detrimental, very much so to the Boulders. All right, let me uh let me run this down for you real quick, real quick. ECU, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. That's the first four, right? Mm-hmm. Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana State, Purdue, Penn State, Maryland. Fuck us. Well, I think we got a pretty much uh pretty pretty clear road to the uh to the big game. The That's biggest thing I'm looking at right now is our ability to continue to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. And what's really going to be interesting is um, how integral the coaching really is. Jimmy's mm-hmm. not going to be there the first four games. Let's, for whatever reason, let's say we get a slow start, right? Um, how are players going to respond in the locker room? It's going to be a new look, new feel. And a lot of different things are kind of in, in the realm of ambiguity at this point. Mm-hmm. So can we come out? And if we do have a slow start, are we going to have the same level of the same level of uh, anticipation, if you will, and acceptance of the game plan? So mm-hmm. these are the things that I think that are going to be really interesting to see and exciting, you know, hope 
hopefully everything works out and you know and goes our way but a lot of questions unanswered right now and i can't wait for the season to get started before we uh get out of here for this week i know training camp's going on and we're not going to delve too much into training camp and things like that right now but i did want to get a tg story a training camp story (laughs) so you got any uh memories of training camp yeah man training camp sucks uh (laughs) i will tell you the most um devastating thing is back in our day as freshmen we had three weeks of camp we had a whole week of camp by ourselves before the upperclassmen came in and for any of those that know ann arbor and and u of m central campus on south state street to where the football facility is and we were staying in south quad off of madison street well that's probably a good maybe half mile walk if you will but it's a half mile walk uphill so you get the first practice in you're banging all day you eat your meal and you got your meetings and stuff you tired as you don't know what and the devil of it all was what i used to call the meat magnet was that nap that sleep you got between the first practice and having to go back to the second practice it was crucial that you had your alarm set up and you had that buddy system. It was a lot of dudes that woke up late and was scrambling, trying to get down to the football facility on time for the start of practice. They they knew it was going to be hell to pay if they (laughs) got late, um, either out to the field or, or in practice. But overall it was a crucible. And what I do remember about the enjoyment of it was once we got towards the end of it, how you started to see the galvanization of the team and the guys coming together, plays and everything else were moving quicker, crisper. You had a greater understanding of what the coaches were trying to do. So that was a cool part of training camp. But overall, physically, the toll that it took on you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, like I said, you had to come in and get have, have your mind right, especially – coming in as a true freshman, coming from high school, coming into a D1 program. It was night day, and, you know, it was hell to pay. And the Piper had to be paid, and he never missed a paycheck. And that's it for this week's episode of Under the Wings Helmet. Come back next week as we prepare for the season opener. And be sure to check out Under the Wings Helmet merchandise at ASAPEliteStore.com. And a special thank you to our sponsor, Juke. Check out their clothes at JukeFootball.com. For Thomas Gwines and Rob Penn, I'm Kyle Simmons. Go Blue! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.